0: Father, it's so easy to forget, and time passes by, and and Father, today we remember 9-11 and those again that gave their lives and died that day, and Father, we just continue to lift the families and those connected to you, Lord, and ask that you minister to them, and Lord, I I believe we're still seeing the effects of 9-11 today in our country, Lord, and we ask that you Again, bring us through that, Lord. Father, as you reminded us that day, you remind us today that you will never let us down. Father, that you're always with us, that you'll never leave us or forsake us, because you are good. And Father, no matter how heavy or or how big that load is that is upon us, Lord, Father you're with us and you're never going to let us down. And Father we lift this family that was in the uh, these kids that were in the car wreck and Carl Father that some lost their lives and Father we lift those family members to you Lord and let them realize that you will never let them down. Father many across this room today that are battling situations in your lives and And heaviness in their lives, Father, remind us you will never let us down, Lord. But Father, also let us remember that we need to repent and turn to you in all things. That Father, that we need to call upon your name and, and request and let our petitions be made known to you. And Father, we do that now, Lord. We ask that you move mildly on us today, that you move in every situation, that you touch every life, that, Father, that you minister everyone in here today, that that we just remember who we are with you, and it takes priority over all other things. In Jesus' name, amen. That video, I realize, is real intense and and and... If some are offended by it, I apologize for that. But uh, I, I don't know. I wept through the whole thing the other day and, and uh, fought back tears today. But so many times we forget, I believe, turning points in our lives and they need to be remembered. And that's the point of today's sermon is turning point. We, we started on this a couple of weeks ago and and the lord just wouldn't turn loose of it and so we're at turning point 2 today but i believe 911 was a turning point of a point for america and and sometimes i wonder if that that we really did turn to god that day i know that if you watch on the look up statistics and all that they're going to say that People run to God. People run to the church. People run into these different things. And and guys, uh, we may have run to God, but I don't think we repented as a nation. I don't think that we got on our knees and said, God, we want you to intervene in this situation. Father, we want you to intervene in our country. Father, you are king of kings. Father, you wear the crown. Did you realize what we were singing today? We have crowned you Lord of Lords. I don't think we saw our country come out of 9-11 saying, we will crown you Jesus, Lord of Lords. I'm not saying they didn't pray to God. I'm not saying that we didn't reach out to Him. But did we crown Him King of Kings and Lord of Lords in our life? I don't know. It seemed like America's response was, we can rebuild, we can do it, we can do this, we can do that. And I understand there's a place for that, but I never heard that we need to repent and get on our knees before God for the things that we've done as a nation. That's what God wants from us. He wants all of us. He, he doesn't do it to browbeat us. He does it because He wants Relationship. And God's not going to force us into that relationship. He wants us to gladly run into it. And I, I don't know that we did. We see America's responses. Uh, 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 2 Timothy 3, we just turned there. That to me, America has gone downhill since 9 11. Uh, that, that should have pulled us closer to God and raised us above these things. But, but we see our nation just continue to regress, continue to, to push into the, the things of the world. Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5 says, But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self. Man, we're so in love with ourselves that, it, that it's horrible. I need this. I've got to have this. I want this. I, I, I. I don't care what you think. I don't care what my wife thinks. I don't care what my children thinks. I don't care what anybody thinks. I just care about what I think. Lovers of money, my goodness. If we're not lovers of money, then praise God you're not. Proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable. Unappeasable means you're unsatisfied, slanderous. Without self-control. Man, we're out of control as a nation in certain things. Brutal. Not loving good. Treacherous. Reckless. Swollen with conceit. Lovers of pre- pleasure than, rather than lovers of God. And as I read that one there, I think, man, we got a full house today. But how many times do we choose pleasure over presence? presence of God but I believe America responded that day with an appearance of God that they cried out to God but I think we denied the power of God which means making crowning him Lord of Lord of our lives And if we would have done that, God would have healed our land. Our land wouldn't have regressed. That's why I make the point today that I believe 911 was a turning point for this nation. And if we truly repented and turned to God, then the land would be in a healing process and not regressing the other direction. forward I don't even really need to show it but but it's statistics of Oakton from 1995 to <clears throat> I don't remember the 205 but you can see in 01 uh, Oakland's had a steady steady gain consistent you know but but in 2001 which would have been 911 year we gained 10 that year but that's the lowest Second to the lowest gain we've had in 20 some years was 9 11. Just a thought. Watching the video and even seeing some of the coarse things in there were offensive to me. Uh, We voted something, or voted, we blacked out some things and tried to squelch some things, but you could see the heart of the nation in the video. That's part of the reason I wanted to show it. Was where, where were the you know they they calling to? They said God a lot, but a lot of times it was cursing him. They said Christ a lot, but a lot of times it was in a cursing way. Instead of, "Oh God, I crown you, Lord." Oh God, where are you at? Move upon us. That heartfelt burn, and I'm not saying some didn't that do that, but I mean as a nation. Again, as I studied Solomon with you guys a couple of weeks ago out of 1 Kings, let's go to 2 Chronicles 4, 11 through 18 because again, I think the times of Solomon compared to our times today. And this scripture just jumps out at me and just grabs me. But again, 2 Chronicles 4, 11 through 18 Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house. All that Solomon had planned to do in the house of the Lord and in the, his own house, he successfully accomplished. Again, 2 Chronicles 4, 11. I heard some pages flipping why I stopped a second. Verse 12, Then the Lord appeared to Solomon in the night and said to him, I have heard your prayer that there is no rain, Excuse me. I've heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among people, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal their land I will hear them from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers that is made in this place. For now I have chosen and consecrated this house that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will be there all the time. And as for you, if you will walk before me as David your father walked, doing according to all that I have commanded you, and keeping my statues and my rules, then I will establish a royal throne as I have covenanted with David your father, saying you shall not lack a man to rule Israel. And the reason I get so excited about that is our covenant is with Jesus Christ. And it's fulfilled in us. And and man we just need to go to him. God Jesus said, "I'm with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. But you got to walk with me. And it's not that Jesus said if you don't walk with me, I won't have nothing to do with you. It's when you're not walking with Jesus, you're not having anything to do with him." Because he's constantly he is there, he's gonna be there, he's all around you, but we've got to walk to him. We've got to, to crawl into his presence and say, Lord, I love you, I need you. But what really caught my eye in point two, again, Solomon compared to America, and believe me, I think it's even open a little bit here today. But verse eleven Then Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house. All that Solomon had planned to do in the house of the Lord and his own house he successfully completed. What happened to King Solomon after he finished the house? When he finished God's house and he successfully accomplished everything, we see that he starts dropping off into regression. And he starts walking away from God, and he starts pulling away from God, and he starts pulling further away from God, and he pulls further away from God. And again, if it wasn't for the covenant that they had that, that God had with David, God would intervene right then. Think about that a little bit. When we begin to confess our work for God is accomplished, we too will suffer decline, spiritually and physically. In other words, I'm in, Lord, good. I don't need to do anything else. Man, I got saved last Sunday and gave my life to Jesus. I'm good. Man, if we don't continue to press in, then we're going to fall back. God warned Solomon to continue on. God wasn't done with him yet. And God would tell us the same thing, is that, that, that when Christ came into our life, that was the beginning. And it's an eternal relationship. And God came in and spoke to Solomon. I believe he was warning him, that but I'm not done, we're not done, but if my people who are called by thy name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. God wanted the relationship to continue on. God was calling Solomon to continue to walk in repentance, to have the same love for sacrifice and giving to God as he did in the beginning. God showed Solomon how to walk in repentance and stay focused on God and his kingdom. He said, humble yourselves. That's just saying, I need you, God. (laughs) Do we believe we need God today? Do you guys realize that we can't do anything without Jesus? That's humbling yourselves. And then you need to pray and seek God with all your heart. And guys, I'm not this big prayer guy. I've grown in prayer, meaning I love to do it, but I'm not good at it like other people can pray so smoothly. But prayer is just talking. just like we're talking now. You know, when we're out working, and and I try to do that when I'm working, is involve God in my work. So when you smash your hand with a hammer, you don't curse him, but you ask the Lord to heal you. That we make a life life of prayer, a life of seeking Him. And we look through our life and we look at our life daily and say, what wicked ways, Lord, are in me that keep us from being what we could be together? You know, you guys done it with your wives. Uh, Don't you all do it? I go into Karen every day and says, baby girl, and I get on my knees and I said, I love you. Is there any wicked thing in me that I need to get rid of? And she says, no, honey, you're perfect. You know, know, I know how you guys chase the girls and girls chase the guys. But are we that aggressive in our relationship with Jesus that we get on bended knee every day or every night and say, Lord, look into my life. Look at my life. Is there anything wicked in me that would keep us from what we can be together? And that's what I'm getting at. Did the American do that in 9-11? I know that probably a lot of us did here. And I'm not saying people didn't, but as a nation, we need to get on our knees and say, Father, take the wicked ways from us. You know, we're talking about disaffiliating or not. Sunday mornings come out in Sunday school. We're meeting here, talking about it. But man... Why can't we just get on our knees and say, Lord, if there be any wicked ways in our United Methodist Church, Lord, take them out, Lord. Let us be what you've called us to be. When that doesn't happen, you fall away and you start doing things that you wouldn't have done 20 years ago. And that's what we see happening to our denomination that they, the United Methodist Church, that they got to a point where they weren't on their knees seeking God. They've allowed all these other things to come in. I believe the Lord really spoke to me when I was writing this that many people in this room fear trusting in him. you fear trust in God and and I don't you know. Don't fear God. I imagine some of us you had not had a good example of a father or maybe a family or whatever but you fear trusting in Him. And remember the words today that God promises and He's proved throughout history that when we do these things He hears us. He forgives us. There's nothing you've done that you can't be forgiven of. And He's going to heal you, your land. He's going to heal you. So don't fear Him today, but turn to Him. Point three, I believe Oakton is at a turning point. God has been burning in my heart that I want to pour more streams of living water upon you. We've done some great things, but I want to do some greater things. John 4.13 says, everyone who drinks of the water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. You see, Jesus wants to take away the worldly water and replace it with a spiritual water that you will never thirst, that you will be satisfied in your place in life. He wants to pour this water in us and through us, and he wants to become a spring of living water in us by his Holy Spirit that just boils out of us daily. And we need to be like the woman at the well and say, Lord, give me that water. Give me that water. I want to talk about an example. That's a physical example, but I think it's what happens in our spirit sometimes that we don't fully release and allow the Holy Spirit water to run through us and flood over us. But we have a creek that's eroding out north of our house. It seems like the rains the last few years have been getting so heavy, and it's been flooding. I think I've told you guys, and I've cried to you guys, thinking you paid me a road into my house and built a bridge and stuff. But, but anyhow, we fixed it. We've done all that we could for the last three years. This, this outpouring of the road or the water is just—it's just wiping our drive out and eroding our land. Man, we put up barriers to distract the water, to, to direct to different places. We brought several loads of dirt, rocks, build-up dams. We, we strengthened the drive, but no matter what we did, it was not working. So we decided to make a path for the water to flow through. And started fighting that water and that outpouring of water. We decided maybe it's time we just let go and make a path for it to flow through reluctantly, we started making the path. And and I say reluctantly because it was going to take a lot of money. It was going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of time. It was going to take a lot of sacrifice. It was going to take a lot of pleasing my mama. You know how hard it is, to please your mama. All these things had to happen. And, and, and any way that we, we, we had to tear down some things and some idols that we had, some things that we didn't want to let loose of, but we had to get them out of the way so this water could flow through because it was eroding and demolishing our land. Well, slide eight shows the eroding after we cleared. This here was full of trees and you can see that path of erosion was just, just, it was just swirling in there and, and just spreading out. I can remember walking down that creek, Joshua, I didn't put a picture up there, but over in the corner, we found his bicycle, his huffy that he ramped into the creek that we couldn't find, but, but at the time, he was jumping the creek with a bicycle. Uh, you couldn't do it now, and he wrote it that much. The next slide is that we began to do the work, and, and we started seeing and, and, and look at the new path that's through there. And and, and again, we got over them fears as we began to see, as we made a path for that water to flow through, as we began to yield to it and give in that, hey, this isn't so scary. Hey, this isn't so bad. Hey, this is going to take care of the problem I have. Hey, all these things. And we see a clear path through. But the neat thing about it is, next slide, we gain this. We were able to fill in all the west side of the house with all the extra dirt. That was a problem that we were trying to fix that we didn't know how we were going to do it or when we were going to do it, but boom, it's there. All because we got past our fears. We got past of counting the cost. We just just said, we're going to do it. The next slide was the other benefit of it. We were able to fill in on the other side of the house and got a rolling landscape around the front of the house. And, And man, the Lord blessed us in that. But as I was thinking about that the other day, that's what the Lord spoke to me about Oakton. He said, many fear trusting me. Many fear change. Many are fighting me, the releasing of the totality of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And because of this fear and because of these anxieties that our lives are starting to look like my backyard did. Trees grown up, erosion everywhere, things breaking down. You're fixing problems. You're trying to fix that. You're out there throwing your arms up in the air that I just can't do it. It's too heavy. This life's too much for me. And the Lord spoke to me. Share that example. Don't count the cost anymore, but yield to me and I will bless you. Allow these streams of living water to flow through you, Oakden. And it's going to wash away all the burdens and the headache. But what the Lord really reintegrated in me was the benefits that I wasn't expecting. A lot of you here today just want the Lord to solve a problem. Or to intervene right here when the big picture is God wants to bless your whole life. That's why it's so important that we walk With him, he wants to benefit you in places you don't even realize. He wants to move in your life in places you can't see. But we got to yield. We got to yield. Oakland's been through a lot of turning points and I've got so much here to go. I'm just going to brush this part. But Oakland history proves when we make room for the Holy Spirit and allow that Spirit to move through our church body, when we do that, God always blesses us more than we can comprehend. I think at a turning point in 1995 when Pastor Larry and the church came to the idea that, hey, it's time to bring people to Christ. They made room for that Holy Spirit. They went from 70 to 196 in four years, doubled, almost tripled the church size. The turning point in 1999, when we made room for the Holy Spirit, we built the sanctuary. This room here, that was a big step. And look at how all the other extra blessings we got with it. When we were just fearing building this. And we just wanted this done, but to look back and see all the great things God did here. From that, from two hundred nine, from nineteen ninety nine to two hundred nine, we grew from one ninety six to three eighty six. Another hundred nine eighty people in worship every Sunday. Turning point two thousand eight. I had a joke there. You guys really stepped out in faith and and made me your senior pastor, so I didn't know. I forgot to put that in there. Then, turning point, 2010, we made room for the Holy Spirit and allowed the Spirit to move through us. We purchased Union Chapel in Carthage and started services there January 2nd, 2011, From 2009 to 2012, we grew from 386 to 507 in worship attendance, 121 new people attending Oakton worship services. Turning point, 2014, we made room for the Holy Spirit and paid cash for Oakton Carthage facility, the one we have now. Note from 2011, and I thought I had a slide up there, but it's 15, I think, but they could have been looking at all this, but... But anyway, uh, um, the average attendance for those four years was 497. Again, as I said, any time that Oakton made attempts, attempts to allow room for the Holy Spirit in our lives, the Lord just blessed us double, almost triple. But the reason I noted from 11 to 14, we averaged 497, is because from 2014 to 2020. I believe we're at another turning point, another turning point for Oakton. Our worship attendance declined from 497 averages to 361 in attending worship in, in 220, and that's pretty hard to swallow—a pill, pretty hard to admit and see. You know, we can give many reasons why this happened, but it could it be simply the same thing that happened to Solomon in Second Chronicles 4:11? Thus, Oakton finished the house of the Lord in our spiritual houses. All that Oakton had planned to do in the house of the Lord and in our houses were successfully accomplished. Now, I know that sounds pretty harsh today, and some of you may not even have been here at that time, but sometimes I think that Oakton got to the point that, can we do any more or do we even want to do any more? And when we do that, we get like Solomon did, and he was satisfied in his accomplishments when the Lord was wanting to do more. And so that's a challenge I have for us today. You know, I fear this may have happened, but but I pray that it hasn't happened. But I praise God for the 220 turning point If you guys remember in 220, we set our goals. Go save as many people as possible. This was preached in January. Go find a covering as you look into disaffiliating. Go pay off the building. And then the China virus struck. We were closed for a month. But I believe it woke us up as a church that, hey, we're going to have to get in there. And I think we remembered the scripture that if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. I see our church grabbed a hold of the bootstraps and we pulled them up and we worked hard to accomplish these goals during the COVID. We started inside, outside online services. We did the capital campaign. To fill the house with the unsaved, the unchurched, we did the campaign to pay off the building debt and lowered it from four hundred and whatever fifty some or whatever it was to one hundred and forty-eight k. Still working on it. July fourth, two twenty-one. We started Oakton Golden City. But my point is, the thirty-point was made in twenty twenty-one when we made that move and allowed that Holy Spirit to just continue to well up in us. We did the best that we could to, and we stopped the decline. We went that year from, from 361 in 2020 to 376 in 2021. Average attendance of 15 people was up again. We're on that course, but I believe the Lord told me we're at a turning point today. Many of us in this room are at a turning point, and I challenge you to continue to make room. For the Holy Spirit in your life. The Lord is not done with Oak, and He's not done with you. Don't be satisfied. As I was working on this part, it was really late last night. I think it was 12:30. And it began to rain last night. And it just blew my mind. 'Cause the Lord spoke to me, the first thing that came to my mind, will it wash the creek out, what'll happen there? And I had a picture up there earlier of the creek after the rain. It didn't wash it out. The water just flowed through. But that rain, the Lord spoke to me. And I believe the Lord says this, Oakden, have you cleared a path for me to flow through your lives? I don't care how young or old you are, if you are old or new in the body, you have not successfully accomplished everything that I want you to do. Guys, that ought to excite us. That ought to excite us. And I hope you don't take this message with condemnation, but you take this message with, aha. Let's open up the floodgates of the Holy Spirit and allow him to come into our lives. Let's open up our hearts and allow the Holy Spirit to move in every aspect of my life. Let us get on our knees and say, Lord, if there'd be anything in me that separates me or, or even pulls me at least a bit away from you, Lord, reveal it to me, Lord, and I lay it at your feet because you are the King of kings and Lord of lords, and I've crowned you Lord of my life. Praise to if you want to come forward today. But it's simple today when we mess up, we repent. And I hesitate saying repent because it gets such a bad word because we're self-indulged nowadays. Nobody's going to tell me to repent. Repent simply saying I'm sorry and I'm going to do it again. Right. I'm sorry and I'm not going to do it again or I'm going to do the best I can not to do it again. In other words, you're going to try to turn away. But Ravenhill, one of my favorite authors in college, said that without repentance, there will never be a revival. There will never be that flow of of living water going in your life like it can because you'll put dams up in there. You'll put stoppers up in there that will try to break the flow and do what all I could to protect what you really love. And we need to get those things and get the priority God We read that 2 Timothy 1.5 earlier, and I'd say to you, if any of those attributes are in you, lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, you know, the list, lay him at the Lord's feet today. He loves you. He's with you, but we love him, and Lord, I, I recognize that, and I lay Him at your feet today. The past, last week, Joe talked about three types of people. And I I agree with what he preached. But we need to be one type of people. (laughs) And that's the one serving him with all of our heart, soul, and mind. So let's take these three groups and bring us together as one under him who is God. During the altar time, I'm going to show some prayer I was going I don't want to go through it now cuz of time but 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 there's some prayers for Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday that we could pray. And and these are good prayers that I I saw from something the GMC put out the Global Methodist Church and I thought it was a good article and I tweaked them for Oakton because I believe it's what we're going through. But Sunday, pray that our worship in Oakton would resemble the gathering described in the book of Revelations of all nations and people gathering before the throne, celebrating the great salvation we have in Jesus Christ. That's what we need to be doing today. Monday, pray for the needs of those in our congregation and how to reach out to those currently not attending, Galatians 6, 9, and 10. Tuesday, pray that Oakton uh, be firmly and definite. Definitely grounded in the Holy Scriptures, 2 Timothy 3.16. Wednesday, pray that we, like the Apostle Paul, would be willing to lose all things for the sake of gaining you, Christ. Philippians 3.7-9. Thursday, pray that we be willing, when called, to participate in fellowship of Christ's sufferings and that the persecutions will result in the spread of the gospel, Philippians 3.10. Friday, pray for the power of God's resurrection be evident in your life and others through bold proclamation and transforming, formed living, allowing the power of the Holy Spirit to blast through us. Saturday, pray that we may experience the same mind of Christ while prayerfully discerning what Christ is saying regarding affiliation with the GMC. But if you want those prayer lists, I can call the office or... Let me know, and I'll email to, mail them to you. But where are you at in the Lord today? If you stand to your feet today, I want you to take a time to examine yourselves, because I, again, believe that this is a turning point from Oakton, for Oakton, and I believe we're headed in the right direction. But let's not be satisfied. Let's press in no matter how young, old, new, Whatever. What's God calling you to do in your own life? And I challenge you today to get on bended knee and say, Lord, you're my Lord. You're my King. Would there be any wicked thing in my life that I need to lay at your feet because I want to be fully drove and run by you? It's that simple. Lord, I want all of you. And the altars are open for prayer for anything you want. Man, the benefits of... Of God as healing, miraculous signs. You'll get extra benefits in the Lord just because His presence is there. I believe the Lord already showed me somebody was healed here today at the altar. It was more of a spiritual healing, but but God is doing work, and all you gotta do is step into it. The water's flowing. Open the stream up, and then go swimming. Amen. Praise team.